just that, that it's truth. You see, if it was a lie, we could just, oh, hey, we're not worried about that. If it was totally untrue, then it, you know, that's what makes a, that's what makes a lie so bad. It has part of a truth. That's what hurts so bad, all right? And, and you can turn that around, and the truth is the same way. The reason we, we get upset because we don't like it, but there is some truth in this, and we wish it would go away. We would rather it not be. However, it is in the same Bible that we say and we call the Word of the Lord. Same Bible. Amen. The, the one that expresses God's wonderful love and grace and mercy that we all like to talk about. And we like to preach about it. And I love to preach about faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. I, I love to talk about what faith can do in your life. And don't give up your faith. And don't let the devil or anybody else mess with your faith. Because everything is built on faith. That's fun to preach and easy to preach. Amen. But, 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 but you know, folks, according to the book that we all love, and here's our subject, there is a hell. I skirted around this, tried to get around it. I want Listen, I promise you it's not going to be a negative message. I, I, I promise you I'm not trying to scare you into heaven and out of hell. I'm not trying to do that. But we just may, we need to be made aware of the fact that this place is real and this place exists. The same Bible that talks about heaven, the same Bible that talks about eternal life, it also talks about hell. Look around at somebody and say, it's true. It's true. And I'm going to let you be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Brother Pete, glad to see you. I almost got him to bring you a, bring you a gift. You know, fill out a visitor card over there. I thought almost I hadn't seen you in so long. Hallelujah. Amen. I said, who's that guy? Oh, that's Brother Pete. I thought he done left us and won't come back no more. Hallelujah. Glad to see you. Praise the Lord. Let, let me... Without trying to prove, you know, there's a hell, and then there's about three, you know, there's Gehenna, and there's different words that's used. For, it's Hades, and there's another word uh, that we could go in, and you know, it's a type of something else. Let me just let me just skip all of that and just describe to you what God in the Bible said about hell, just to describe this place that lost people. See, it was not even created for us. It was created for the devil and his angels, all right? And there's a reason that a bunch of us are going there. And when I say us, I mean the human race. I don't plan on going, all right? But, but, but the Bible in Matthew 8 and 12 said it's a place where there's weeping. Matthew 13 and 42 said there's wailing. It goes beyond just weeping wailing, all right? And then in Matthew 13 and 50, it says gnashing of teeth. Hallelujah. Can you imagine gnashing? Maybe somebody needs to look that word up, gnashing of teeth. And then in the 25th chapter of Matthew, verse 30, it says that it is, it's called outer darkness. It's in darkness. It's be cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Amen. And then there is darkness. Luke 16 and 24 talks about flames being there, flames. We know what that is, all right? Normally, there's, that's related to heat, all right? Amen. Isaiah 33 and 14, I'm, I'm going fast, understand that, amen. But it talks about burning, amen, burning. 
Luke 16 and 23, it just simply calls it torment. I'm just using a word out of these scriptures to skip on through here. Amen. That's little descriptions. That's not all of it, but that's some of the descriptions of this place called hell. Amen. But I'd like to point out the greatest torment in hell, even though the flames and the, and the other elements there, the darkness, the loneliness, all of that uh, is very serious. I certainly wouldn't try to play that down. But the greatest torment in hell is separation from God because the Bible said everything that's good comes down from the Father of life. If it's good, if it's pleasant, if it feels right, if it's good, it comes from God originally, all right? And so we don't want to be separated from all of that good, amen. Good health comes from God, amen. Faith comes from God. Joy comes from God. Peace comes from God. You know, fear and all of that stuff comes from the other place, all right? Amen. Matthew 25 and 40. One says, Then he shall say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And, and, and the word for all those who will not serve God, who, who, who would send pe- people to a place. I've actually heard, I wouldn't serve a God that would punish people like that. That's your choice. <laughs> you know, that's your choice. But you do have a choice. All right. I wouldn't serve a God who did that. But see, God is fair. Hallelujah. God's fair. Amen. But, but, but here's the point. God does not send anybody to hell. See, we've got to get this right. We've got to get this straight. We choose which path we take. We choose whether we believe or we don't believe. It, it comes down to a choice. I, 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 I may struggle with this just a little bit. and uh, You know, this is, just won't be a normal Sunday message. I'm aware of that. I knew before I started. But, but we just have to explain the fact and point out the fact there is such a place that's described and talked about. And, uh, amen. And people are going there. Amen. But God does not send anyone to hell. God gives every human being a choice. That's a principle that has been set up since the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, you have a, you have a garden, amen. It, 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 it's a huge place. It's big enough that you can go in and every fruit that you want is all through this place. But I'm just going to put one tree in the midst of this and I'm going to tell you, don't, listen, he didn't create robots, Okay, He created man in his own likeness. There's a little bit of God in every one of us. That's how he wanted us. He, he desired for us to make the right choice. But you can't tell whether a person is making the right choice until they make the wrong choice. You know, somebody told me about getting married. Remember, I always tell people, you know, if you get married, listen, tell, especially the, you know, the lady side of this. You know, they, you know, I said, listen, you, I'll stand with you. I don't care how much money's been spent. I don't care how many visitors you've and people, guests you've invited here. It doesn't make, make any difference if the church house is full and everything's decorated and set up. It doesn't matter if you're coming down the aisle or you're already at the front. If you change your mind, you let me know, and I will stand with you. We went through that in one wedding. And then, of course, the marriage didn't work, and they said, 
And we gave every opportunity for her to back out of there. It didn't work. And she said, if pastor would have just told me no, just told me no, I'm not doing it, and told me not to do it. I said, you know what? Probably five years down the road, ten years down the road, you know, if I had have done that, then they, 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 he told me not to do it. I might have had a happy marriage. You don't know if you're going to have a happy marriage or not. You don't know if it's going to be. You have to live through that. That's this obedience and disobedience. It's the same thing. Amen. So you can't, God couldn't just say, I'm going to just make you choose the right choice. How would we ever, well, God just made me do it, you know. How we know. But see, they made the wrong choice. My point is simply that it was a choice. (laughs) That's what he did, all right? We could go into all kinds of scenarios of what it meant and, and the cause and the whole deal, amen. But God said, you have a choice. We still have a choice. And people end up there, it's because of their own choosing. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to him and have eternal life. That is the will of God. He paid the price in blood and suffering and all that he went through, amen, that we wouldn't have to go there, amen. So we choose which place we end up. Since God is fair, those who would rather be anywhere rather than in the prayer, you know that? There's some folks who they would be rather be anywhere than in God's presence, amen. The, the, the ones who you couldn't drag into a worship service, the ones who will miss Sunday church for almost any reason, God's going to give them their wish. You can talk about fair. A place apart from God. God's finally saying, okay. If you don't want to be near me, you don't want to feel my presence, my goodness, my love, my mercy, okay, I got a place for you. And you can decide to go there if you want to. That's what hell is. It's apart from God. Hell will be a horrible place, not only because of the flames, but because of the inhabitants. Do you want to be around people who are growling and gnashing their teeth? Do you want to spend eternity with thieves, murderers, blasphemers, people who curse and swear and think nothing about it? Listen, folks, hell is forever. And, and hell is hot. And judgment is sure. When I was a kid coming up, Brother J.D., we heard a lot about hell. Scared us half to death. You talk about a motivator. Let me just tell you something. This is the we in the in the last few decades. It's just kind of slipped up on us, but but nobody's going to be lost now. And unfortunately, brother Ruck, in one way or the other, whether we teach it or not, we insinuate that. So there's Christians that sit on the pew that show up once or twice a year, and somebody told them they could accept Christ as their personal Savior, and that's the end of it. And then other false prophets come along and say, you can't ever be lost after you accept Christ. What happened to the scriptures? It says, press your way into the kingdom. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. What what happened to scriptures like? Why did Paul say that? 
And he was saying it to people who were in church. He was writing letters to the Corinthian church and to Ephesus church. And, and he was, these were people and that he said, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where will the sinner and the ungodly appear? He was telling us, listen, the Bible calls this, this receiving the baptism of the Spirit our earnest of our inheritance. In other words, it's a down payment. It's a start. Yes, you got your foot in the door, but you're not there yet. But there's folks, listen, why would somebody, why would somebody tell somebody that comes to the altar and they're sincere and they feel God's presence and they feel the goosebumps and somebody come along and say, now, you just sign your name right here and shake my right hand of fellowship and you can never be, why would you do that? It certainly doesn't motivate people to come to church. It wouldn't me. If I knew I was saved and never had to worry about it, boy, I could just laid up in the bed a while longer this morning. Why wouldn't I? I'm saved already. Listen, when I was a young person trying things out in the world, I met people in the bar. And you know how people get to drinking? You get a few under your belt and you want to get on the religion. I had people just drunk as I was. They were saved already. Well, you might have been saved, but see, I, I wouldn't mess around with them. That's probably why I'm preaching right now. You know, let me tell you something. No, no, you're going to the same hell I'm going to. Let me just tell you that right now. I wouldn't be that direct nowadays, but that was where they were going, and that's the only way I knew how to say it. You can't, listen, sweet water and bitter water can't come out of the same fountain. You're either one or the other. And Jesus said, I'd rather you be cold or hot. And here's what he said he's going to do. He said, if you're in the middle, and that's where, religious, that's where religion is teaching people to be. Right. Don't go off the deep end. You know, just, you know, you just need to be down. Listen, the middle of the road is where you get run over, folks. You need to get on one side or the other. Jesus said, if you're, if you're lukewarm, if you're in the middle, he said, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. One translation says this, God, it's going to make God puke. Now, you don't want to make God sick about what you're doing. So, I, listen, I don't want to go to that place. And so I'm warning everybody I possibly can. I just want this on record right here. I don't want to preach this every Sunday. I don't want to have this in your, but, but you need to made, be made aware that there's a, there's a Bible that we go by and it does talk about heaven. It does talk about that sweet, wonderful place where there's no sickness and no more dying and no disappointment and all the other stuff that we have to put up with down here. Amen. The same one that talks about that says there is a hell. But it's so vague. It's become a, it's become a byword now. People will be talking about this heat wave. They'll be using words like, it's hot as hell. And I'm not cursing, by the way. It's been a long time since I'm just, I'm just telling you what people say. I mean, this winter, if we live and hang on along, it'll get cold, and they'll say, it's cold as hell. <laughs> the hell ain't cold. I promise you that. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. You don't have virgin ears. You've heard it before. Some of y'all going to leave here and say, well, my pastor was cussing today, man. He was just... <laughs> that's, how, that's, how people, that's how frivolous it is. But if you stop and think about what hell is, Brother Jason, boy, I don't know, Brother Jerry. It makes me, it, again, it motivates, ooh, I can't, I can't go there. I know, it, Sister Jan, I know that it, it exists. 
You know, I, I don't have a bunch of sad stories, but my grandfather was in the hospital, uh, and I was probably uh, I was probably ten years old, eleven maybe, maybe twelve. I don't know. But Volley Harris was across the hallway in that little old hospital in Jonesville before they built the new one. Volley, Har Volley Harris was a a drunk, a wife beater, child molester, you just name it, cuss, swear, do the whole deal. Volley Harris was dying across the hall. I never forgot this. Not written in a book somewhere. Amen. But just right across there. And I'd, I'd heard about hell and I just prayed through the Holy Ghost as a kid. And Volley Harris began to wail and cry. My feet's on fire. He was dying. My feet are on fire. My feet are in the flames. I am burning up. Now, what would, what would, what reasoning or what, what, what would be happening to a guy like that? I'd heard that before and read about that before. I've, I've heard about atheist doctors. A, an atheist doctor was by the bedside of a man many years ago. Didn't believe in God. You just die and you're gone. That's it. But the doctor was converted because he said there was such a wild, crazy, desperate look on that guy who also supposed to have been an atheist and began to scream and cry and say, I am in hell, I am on fire as he was leaving. And this guy, this doctor became a Christian after that. Amen. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, God does everything that he possibly can things on occasion happen like that and he instills it in our soul and in our in our gut I can't get away from it, it was not it's not even in the Bible but it was you know it's just something that I heard and I saw and witnessed I can't get away from that I can't shake that it must have been something to that my feet's on fire I'm in hell somebody help me get me out of this place hallelujah it's a horrible place amen praise God and bad people are going there. Praise God. I don't want to spend eternity with thieves and murderers. I, I, I'm uncomfortable sometimes in the company of people that are like that right here on this earth. Hell is forever, folks. Revelation 14 and 11. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. I, I, I don't know I don't know about that mark, but I you know, we've been right on the brink of it for years. Did you know, do you know I tell this once in a while, um, Debbie Moeller that used to go to this church right here, she worked for Social Security for years. Uh, Sister D worked for just retired from Social Security. I was teaching a Bible study, and I always tell the story of it back in the 80s before we came here, uh, uh, that my mom and dad had friends. They were on Social Security. They were, you know, retired, uh, semi-retired, and they would get their Social Security checks and come from right here, you know, in, in west part of Baltimore out here, uh, Security Boulevard right there, and people would get their checks. They sent out checks from that office right there and it says do not cash this check unless bearer has mark or has number in their forehead or in their right hand or something to that effect but they had to have some kind of number on them and that was back in probably about 1980 or 81 now I never saw the check but my mom and dad I was telling us about it their friends their friends I wanted to have I would love to took a picture of one that just had it but I got here and we started the church met Debbie Moeller 
uh, and, and I began to raise. She said, oh, well, I've seen those checks. See, because up until that time, now, I didn't disbelieve my mom and dad, but, but you, know, I like, you know, I'd like to personally see that before I start preaching, but, so I'd qualify it. But Debbie said, no, no, I, I've seen those checks. In fact, at that time, she said they're in a big room down there somewhere boxed up. Now, since then, see, they've been sent out to Nevada or somewhere, some of their big storehouses. But apparently, they already had the checks printed to our Social Security. You know, and that's who they're going to send it to, people who, who are on social services. I mean, you know, people who live from month to month and they have no money. And, and what are you going to do? Not cash the check? No, no, if you get hungry and your kids get hungry, then you'll just get the mark. And the Bible said those who receive the mark, they're cast into outer darkness, they're cast into the lake of fire, and their torment went up. Amen, the smoke of their torment went up. Amen. Listen, I, I don't know about you, amen, I feel like the church is going to be taken out of here. I want to be ready to go because I don't want to be left here when all that takes place. So God's given us all kind of warnings. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So God warns us and rewarns us. Amen. But you know, since I have a choice, <laughs> hallelujah, in this matter, I'll just use a Wayne Huntley quote. Tell hell I ain't coming. Just, just noise that abroad. I'm not coming. I'm not coming there. I've made a decision. I've made a choice to go the other direction. I'm not. I'm not going. Hallelujah! I remember standing by Sonny Nugent, and I was his assistant pastor years ago. And there was a woman that got mad at church. It was a funeral, and that's why people get on there. Hey, emotions get high, and we had to have people take her out. She was cussing and causing a scene and we stood on the on the front of the church there at the old Wisner church and the men put her and some big tough looking guy in their car and sent them out of here and they drove by and they drove by and she couldn't resist it she knew who was in authority it was brother Nugent and myself and she leaned out the window and she said I'll see you in hell and brother Nugent said you won't see me there <laughs> I thought it was a good comeback for that well that's what I'm saying you won't see me there I'm not going amen tell hell no I've got other plans hallelujah you, you know what you know what I, I've had brother Green I've had enough hell down here for me to decide to go there and suffer throughout. It's been bad enough down here. I'm not complaining either. Amen. But I've had enough here. Amen. To leave here and go there? I don't think so. I don't think so. Listen, we don't have to go there, but the theme of First Peter, amen, is, you know, it's suffering and glory. I'm almost done. I'm not going to keep you a long time. But I, First Peter, the fourth chapter, and uh, verses twelve through thirteen. I will I will read that. He said, "Beloved, it's a, we quote it all the time. Beloved, think it not strange. In other words, don't think it's out of order. Amen. It's it, 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 it's normal. 
concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. When you, when you fall into temptation, when the tests come, don't, don't think it's out of the ordinary. He said, verse 13, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. Do you know, somebody said it this way, suffering is the universal experience of the human race. You're not alone when this is what the enemy wants to do. You're the only one that has to worry about a mortgage, and you're the only one that has to worry about, you know, pain in your body. No, you're not. Everybody has to deal with those kind of things, all right? It's the universal experience. Job 14 and 1, he said, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. In other words, Job said, Your life is going to be, it's not long, it's a short life, but it's going to have trouble in it. Job also said in the fifth chapter, in the seventh verse, he said, yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. You know, you ever build a fire and then you punch that fire up and you watch which way the, the sparks don't go down. The sparks go up. Heat brings that up. So he said, just that's how life is. Sparks are going to go up just as sure as I'm here. Amen. And trouble is going to happen just as sure as I'm here. P Peter didn't write his two letters to show Christians how to escape and how to avoid or get around suffering, but, but how to endure suffering, how to keep the right attitude, how, to, how not to blame everybody else that walks by when things happen to us. Amen. But when I think about the place that the Lord has gone to prepare, amen, I'm motivated to go there. When I think about there's no hospitals there. There's no nursing homes there. Amen. There's just no sickness and no listen, I I, I get to want to go there. Walls of jasper, gates of pearl. Can you imagine pearl gates that we go through? I've never seen a place. In fact, the Bible says, I have not seen. Ear has not heard, neither has it, you can't you can imagine, neither has it entered into the heart of man the good things that God has gone away to prepare for them that love him. Amen. What a place. We've never witnessed. We've never seen anything. We couldn't dream anything up that would be that gorgeous and that beautiful. We couldn't do it, but they said that's what God's going, that's what God's going to prepare for us. When we get there, it's going to blow our mind. There's a street made out of pure gold. Hallelujah. You know, Brother Tenney used to tell the story about the guy getting to heaven and reached down and picked up a piece of pavement and he put it in his pocket. He said, oh, my goodness. Listen, look what I got. It was gold. <laughs> piece of pavement. <laughs> oh, look at this. The guy said, well, what, what you got that for? You know, he said, oh, look, it's just, he said, it's just pavement. Just throw it down. It's just be normal. In fact, the Bible called call the gold, some of the gold there, transparent gold. You could see through it like glass, but it was gold. Hallelujah. Listen, nothing more pure than that is what it's saying. Transparent gold. Amen. I'm so motivated to get things right, make things right, pay the price, whatever it cost. Did you ever see something you really wanted and you wrangled with the price and struggled with it? I do that. You know, we came up poor, working in the cotton field, $3 a day. In fact, I worked so much in the cotton field, we even picked cotton at times. 
I swore off on taking aspirins or any kind of medicine bottle that had a cotton in the top of it. I said, man, I ain't. I said, man, I just have, I just have a, I just have a headache, man. I ain't, I ain't picking no cotton. <laughs> it was bad, folks. It was bad. Three dollars a day, man. I remember when it went to four dollars, and we could, we could haul hay, and we make, but Corey, we could make five dollars. It was a good day, good eight-hour day. Hey, Amen. You didn't mess around. You worked. All right. Five bucks a day. So yeah, it's in, it's, it's in my blood. When a pair of shoes. Man, you know, they, they're like, hey, wait a minute, that's just ridiculous for parachutes. What did they do, kill the whole cow and use the... No, that's just a little piece of leather there. You know, somebody's getting paid well for this. and so. You, but but you, you, you look at it and you want it. And somewhere in the back of your mind, you say, I'm going to buy this. <laughs> and the price can be up there if it wants to. But if you want it bad enough, you, that's like a car. You have, you have sticker shock. You know, if it goes a few years and you don't car shop, you find, I mean, we just got to get a new car, man. Old car's just going to lay down on us, you know, and, you know, it's just going to, wheels are going to come off or something, and, and I got it, we've got to do it, you know. If you, if you, if you go to work and if you go where you need, you got to have a vehicle, and you get there and you get sticker shot. But that, that sweet, that good smell of that leather in there, when you sit in there, you like one way or the other. I'm going to get this. <laughs> you don't tell the salesman that right off, but you know. When, I, when they talk about heaven and I read about heaven, and my good friend Norris Poole, you couldn't get around him. We helped preach his funeral last summer. Two summers, two summers ago. Wow, time flies. Boy, what a good man. What a wonderful man. What a Christian. What a preacher. It wasn't long, Brother Jerry, you get around and we'd hug each other's neck and we'd talk about this and finally with the subject, we'd go to heaven. I wonder what it's going to be like. I can't wait to get there. I want to know all about it as much as I possibly can. He influenced me so much, amen, because he kept his focus right. Amen, I want to I see Jesus. I want to meet Peter. I want to see the Apostle Paul. Those men that endured, that fought the good fight, that paid the price. Well, that's what I want to do. Amen. When I begin to think about that and reminisce about it, then I said, you know what? I don't care what it costs. Amen. From, do, you know, do you know the people church shop? People church shop, if the preacher's not really friendly and nice and don't have the best personality in the world, if the music's a little loud, the, you know, people just like, they look for church like they're looking for a new dress or a new pair of shoes. I never could give myself permission to do that. When I found a place that preached truth, even talk about hell once in a while, when I, when I found a place that told me you can't get baptized, and you, you know, there's only one baptismal formula in the whole Bible, and that's to be baptized in that name that's above everything. In fact, he said, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hey, listen. Hey, hey, listen, folks. A, a, a pastor that's friendly and nice and has is, is personable, that's just a plus. That's just something extra. But let me tell you something. We've been to churches where the pastor wasn't friendly. Did I give myself a choice? To, no, I, I'm here. He does preach truth. He's not nice to us. In fact, he scolds us and gets on to us and rebukes us once in a while. 
Listen, that doesn't fly today. People are like, hey, you're not, you're not going to tell me what to do. Listen, that's the spirit of the world. You know, the Bible says the meek. Y'all know the Gordon Mallory story. I wrote it down, and I preach it pretty often. The meek shall inherit the earth. You know what one translation for the word meek is? The, a meek person is one who claims no rights of their own. Do you know that law, our, the, the, the lawyers are busy and courtrooms are full of people every day of the week? And you know what they're fighting for? This is my right. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have rights and claim rights, but it can't control us. Family arguments. Husband and wife gets in fights. And I've got a right to do this. And I have a right to do that. And I have a right to do that. But the meek... Those who claim no rights. So what are you going to do with a person like that? That's nothing. You can't fight with them. They're not going to fight back. My wife displays that better than anybody I know. I come from a kicking, cussing, hit you back family. <laughs> I'm going to get you. I had a brother that I could outrun. I could outrun Jerry. He's older than I was, but I could outrun him. And here's what I could do. I could run 50 miles if I wanted to. And I could look back, and he's right behind me. <laughs> With that grin on his face, I'm going to get you. <laughs> and I learned pretty soon I was going to get my beating 50 miles down. Literally, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, he just, he's like a badger. He wouldn't, he wouldn't <laughs> give up. I could run 50 miles and get beat up, or I could just run 20 yards and just lay down and get in the fetal position and they didn't get those licks in on me. <laughs> so I just do that. <laughs> he could steal my bicycle if he wanted to I could run along behind him yelling my turn my turn my turn <laughs> but he did whatever he wanted to do and I had a point to make on that and I forgot <laughs> you, needed to, you needed to laugh you needed to laugh I'll come up with a point after we close service and I end up let's all stand together hallelujah Get ready, you'll be doing that too. I don't have Alzheimer's, I just have old timers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, you know what um, you know what is good about having Alzheimer's? And I'm not making fun of people who's got that. I may have it myself, who knows? Hallelujah. What was that we was talking about? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they, they say the good thing about having Alzheimer's is you 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 find you meet new friends every day. <laughs> That's mean, isn't it? That's cruel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love that song that y'all sang, you know, no more sickness there. Jesus will be there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. But the thing that mot motivates me, it's just as much, just as much, maybe more, about that wonderful place that God's preparing for us even as we speak. Amen. Is this, there is a hell. You see, God knows what he's doing. And, and to just decide that there's not a hell, do you think that's going to change anything? There's people who do that. Well, that's not a hell. I don't believe there's a hell. Well, really? What's that going to change? I just decide not to believe in a hell. You're going to change God's whole plan and when you stand before God. Not only the wicked, let me just bring this, not only the wicked and the ugly and the mean and the cruel 
and the thieves. and No, no that's not the only ones going. Now, y'all heard me mention false prophets a couple of times. Let me, just, let me just put this in there. There's going to be church folks that go. Let me tell you, I'm in a position, we're in a position to make money. It doesn't take much to figure the arithmetic. Any, any dummy could do that. We could make money here. We're not, but we could. And some folks, it's just like being a politician. Good people are voted in office. They have good intentions. They get in there where all that money is flowing, and they become part of the swamp. They become tainted. It's just lots of money available out there. Good, and then there's nobody more susceptible, amen, than good folks that want their soul to be fed and they don't want to go to hell that will give their money out. And we could just be extravagant and we could just, I have a conviction against that. Those folks are going to face the same God that I'm going to face. And the fact that there is a hell that helps motivate me not to take your money and spend it on some frivolous something, spend it on myself. But he said, they're going to stand before God, and he said, there's going to be some that's going to say, Lord, didn't we do many mighty works in your name? We cast out devils in your name. Listen, the name's powerful. You know, I, I, who's the guy that, that waves his hand, used to be on TV. I don't know if he is or not. People just fall out. I'm thinking, I don't know if you think this way or not, but as a, as, from my position, I'm like, I'm like, my job is to motivate people to love God and worship God and serve God. I, I'm not here to put on a show. But, but I'm watching that one time, and I'm thinking, who's getting the glory here? It seemed to me like everybody was going, Ooh, what a powerful man. Look at that right hand. When it moves, people just fall out. Make a huge, big show of this. Look at me. Look how spiritual I am. Look how supernatural I am. I'm like, that's the kind of people that's going to stand before God and say, we did many mighty work. You know what he's going to say to them? They were religious. They were powerful. He's going to say, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I don't know who you are. Amen. I don't know you. In other words, that word know means relationship. I didn't have a relationship with you. So there's that scripture again. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where will the sinner and the ungodly appear? So he's warning us, telling us, hey, we need to get right with God. He told the rich man, he said, it's, it, or he told his apostles after the rich guy went away, he said, you got to sell all that you have. You know, God doesn't, he doesn't mind, Brother Jason, if we have, we have a pile of money. In fact, I think it's his will. But he can't let the money get us. If we got that money and we're, Sister Jan, we're open to say, you know, I'm going to give you some of this money and I'm going to give you some of this. I'm going to put some of this in my church. And In other words, we let God use our money. We become conduits. But when we close our hand with that that God gives us, that's where the danger zone is. And when that rich young man went away not obeying God, he just couldn't let go of his money. And God looked around and said, it would be easier for a camel to go through the needle's eye than it would be for a rich man to be saved or to enter into the kingdom. And so make money. 
don't forget the church. And I'm praying for you to make, but don't let it get a hold of you. Don't become stingy and selfish with it. Amen. Because I don't want you to be lost. I want to go to heaven, and I want to take as many of you with me as I possibly can. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And let's just do that little, let's just do that little message. We'll send a text message down or an email down to hell and just tell them we ain't coming. Y'all just go on with your party because we're not coming. Amen. We have other plans. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Praise God. That message can go on and on. There's so much in the Bible about hell. In fact, they say that Jesus talked twice as much about hell as he did about heaven. Is there any reason why we shouldn't bring it up every once in a while? Hallelujah. Amen. Do we have a baptismal service? Yes, that's right. That's what we do. We have a baptismal service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, amen, and you'd like to go under the water in that lovely name, listen, I hate to be narrow and, you know, with this thing, but the Bible said this is a straight way and a narrow way. Just everybody that walks by and claims, that just mean you're going to be saved. You know, I hate to pop your bubble, but that's, that's if we're going to stick with scriptures the way it is. And so, I, I'm, I'm trying to lead you right. We'll, got a, we'll get a baptismal robe for you and bring you in and, and we'll put you down and we'll make sure we always get them back up so far. And so we'll get you back up and we'll call the name of the Lord Jesus over you. And that's how your sins are remitted. Hallelujah. Are washed away. That's how you're cleansed, cleansed spiritually. Hallelujah. Only way in the world that you can do that. Amen. And we'll oblige you and be glad to do that for you. Praise God. Let's do a chorus while we're waiting. Let's just do that song. Have a little worship here while we're waiting on our baptismal meeting.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is beautiful. Hallelujah. This is wonderful. Amen. To get to baptize Sister Marceline in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. She has been, uh, of course, had uh, an interpreter back when we taught a Bible study. And I noticed she questioned the fact that we said, whatever you do, you have to do it in Jesus' name. And she questioned Brother Shawingo. He was the interpreter. He said, she's kind of wondering about that, you know, about Jesus' name. We just go by Scripture. Whatever you do, do it in the name. This is a deed. This is a deed. Amen. And so, in other words, God said, whatever it is, you do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're safe. We're biblical. Amen. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall never pass away. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Pascaline, we're going to put you under the water, and, and we're going to speak the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and bring you back up. This is a type of a watery grave. One place in the scripture says that they buried, talked about it being a burial. Amen. And one translation says it's we are planted with him. Hallelujah. Amen. When you plant something, you expect it to come back up. And so we're going to put her down and we're going to bring her back up. And she is going to rise to walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm expecting her to feel different. I, I'm, ex, I'm expecting her to recognize and notice a difference in her spiritual life. In Jesus' name. Sister Melissa, if you will hold this. Let's pray one more time. Let's pray and thank God for Sister Marceline right here. In the name of Jesus, thank you for this opportunity. In the name of the Lord, to bury this sweet individual in your precious name today. We do it for your glory, Lord. We do it out of obedience and out of submission to your great word. In Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time. In Jesus' name. I'll hold you right here. And then I'll hold you right here. All right. Sister Marceline. Upon the profession of your faith and in obedience to the great word of the Lord, we now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins.
Jesus will be there. 